but I don't I really don't have any regrets I really don't I've I've lived exactly how I've wanted to I've tried my hardest every single time I didn't win the matches that maybe I should have always won or but I really gave it my all so that for me is enough Hello everybody, welcome back to The Body Serve. I'm Jonathan. I'm James. This is episode 168. We are still in Cincinnati. The tournament is in full swing. There has been a carnage of seeds and big names who have fallen. Yeah. Kiki Burton's The Defending Champion was out to Venus two days ago. Or yesterday. Wow, that was just yesterday. Yeah. She's number five in the world. Uh, Simona is struggling against Madison Keys at the moment. I don't know how that's going to turn out. Roger Federer, of course, losing to Andre Rublev today in just an hour. Yeah. Just a, an amazing match by Rublev, who, after being, you know, one of the big next-gen guys, slumped really badly and is on quite the upswing now. Yeah. Uh, it was. It happened in the blink of an eye. I was impressed waiting for Venus to show up while Federer was playing on the big screen in the press room. And within a minute of Venus being done, Federer was announced that he was on his way to press. <laughs> there was literally like yes. a two-minute waiting period before he was there, and he was in a rush to be done with it. And he had already showered. Like, how did he do that so fast? I don't know. Maybe he just splashed his face <laughs> maybe, and wet his maybe. hair. He was like, he had changed. I need to leave Mason, Ohio now. Get me on a plane to a big city. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the women's draw. The big news on the women's draw, I would say, two players in particular. You're, you may hear some noise in the background here. That's on center court. I assume Novak Djokovic has just won. Uh, yeah, against yeah. Pablo Carreño Busta. In straight sets. But on the women's side, the two big names that are making the noise are Venus Williams, who is into the quarterfinals. She's had three big wins. Her first round beating Lauren Davis, who is always a tonic for Venus Williams, it seems. She came into this tournament having lost three straight first round matches. And her last good showing was in Birmingham in the middle of June, making the quarterfinals there yeah, yeah. before losing to Barty. And uh, she's got Davis, got her in straight sets, beat Kiki Burton's in three sets. That first set against Kiki Burton's was some of the best tennis I've seen Venus play in two years. Lots of it gave me shades of 2017. And uh, she was able to follow that up today with another big win over Donna Vekic. Donna Vekic, who took out Vika Azarenka with no trouble whatsoever on court 10. The court yes. that we've had a lot of talk about in the last two days. Donna is ranked 26 now. She will be trending higher, I think, in the next week. And she is really on the right track in her career like things are going really well and she's starting to show that promise that we saw years ago when she was what 16 17 but what is really encouraging to me about venus is that while she is playing three set matches which is to be expected they are not these dramatic torturous three set matches that she gets dragged into like against kiki you had to expect that she is going to come back win the second set and make it a match for Venus, even if Kiki's not on her best day, right? But there wasn't all this this drama. That is not true. 
because Venus was up 5-2 and uh, Kiki held for 5-3, broke Venus for 5-4, held for 5-5, and then eventually Venus got it done in a tiebreak. Where the lack of drama maybe you're thinking is the fact that Venus sped away to a 6-2 lead in that tiebreak and eventually won at 7-4. Yes. Uh, it's doing really well on the returns against these big servers. The ground game. Burtons and Beckage. Period. The ground game is looking very good. She told us in press that something that she's been working on is not overhitting. Her words is that she doesn't want to be going hog wild on court. <laughs> and we've seen I love that. that that word was just on the tip of her tongue. Mm-hmm. Venus was many things in press this week so far. It's- she has been all things. <laughs> and we'll play a few snippets of that potentially in this episode. We'll see how we are able to splice things in when it's all said right. and done. Venus, I always say, is the most unpredictable player to me on either tour. I, I never run out of surprises, basically. Uh-huh. Today, Venus called her coach on court for an on-court coaching session, which she never, ever does. And... I think the only reason she did is because she wanted to order a coffee from him. Yeah. And so the coach <laughs> is there and he's giving her his spiel. And then when he's done, she kind of puts her hand to her mouth and she says, no, but really, I need that coffee ASAP. As soon as possible. <laughs> he gave her a lot of good advice, actually. And she was just kind of sprawled out like, mm-hmm, 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 coffee, yeah, <laughs> as soon as possible, like now. The other player who's made big waves this week, and you'll hear from her, because she was one of the first guests on the show ever, Svetlana Kuznetsova. She's got her visa, and she is in the United States of America. And she's in the quarterfinals, and we just, just spoke to her for about seven or eight minutes. Guys, like I, you know, we're trying to be impartial here because we're here as credentialed press, but it is so exciting to talk to Svetlana. And she's amazing. We'll talk later about what she's been doing this week specifically. Mm -hmm. But as far as the tennis goes, the wins that she's had, she's taken out... Sevastova in two and a half hours on Monday night. Mm -hmm. Then Diana Yastremska, who is, what, 18, 19 years old? 19 years old. Hits the ball maybe harder than anyone out there? It's close. And you could tell that Svetlana playing her for the first time... In that first set, she didn't really know what to make of that power. She was being pushed back behind the baseline. On court 10, it's a smaller court. So she was hitting the ball very close to the to the back wall of the court. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But by the end of the second set and into the third, Svetlana found a way to be dictating points. And in that third set, she hit more winners than she had all match. And she was really striking the ball cleanly. Man, like what a return for her. From not getting the visa in time, and you'll hear her talk about that, to getting to Toronto, winning two matches before losing easily to Halep, and then coming here again and getting these three good wins. Beating Sloan Stevens today, 6-1, 6-2. Right. That was by far her easiest match so far. And again, she's playing in the heat in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, Sloan was just, she's just not all there. No, she was everywhere but there today. Yeah. As for Sloane, she was impressed last night. Wildly in... engaging with how she spoke about her opponent last night, Yulia Putinseva. 
Do you want to go there well, just now, or do you want to I finish should? up talking about? Yeah, Prisoner yeah, yeah. Because we'll we'll talk about Sveta again later. Okay. Um, but Sloan played a tough match against Putin Seva last night on center court in the night session, um, having lost the first set, and then managing to grit it out in three. Putin Seva, actually, I mean by her standards, wasn't like totally out of pocket yesterday. Well, she did disappear for like fifteen minutes after the second yes. set. She went to change her kit, and Sloane is just standing up, walking around, trying not to look or feel agitated. Mm-hmm. And uh, people are like, "Where did she go?" Like, literally, like, is she coming back? It was she a did, legit. She question. did come back, lost in the third set, and then uh, a few questions that you asked Sloane, as a follow-up to someone else's question, mm-hmm. elicited, um, wow. Yeah, quite the response. Well, she did not need any prompting because the very first question of the press conference, she was asked something about what it's what was it like on court, you know, playing this match tonight, blah blah blah, and she goes, "Well, you know, I'm I did what I had to do, especially against that opponent, <laughs> not that type of opponent, or per, an, or an opponent who has a lot of power, who has a lot of, you know, mystery against that opponent." It was very pointed, and then she needed no further invitation to go. Even more after Putinseva. Mm. Eventually, she capped it by saying, I let you do the honor. If it's not one scam, it's another. <laughs> and that is, I mean, we've never had a, a more gifted title for our episode. It was just laid okay. right into our laps. And the thing is, Sloane uh, doesn't seem to grasp her, her mean queen honorarium, or her honorific. Yeah, I, like, asked I, her about, I, I asked her about the block, 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 block thing. And she's like, what? I, I think I know what you're talking about. And I was like, yeah, it's actually a big thing yeah. on social media. And she's it's like, famous. Well, is it? Well, I guess I'll take your word for I it. I know she's been asked about that before. I don't know why she answered you like that. But I don't know that she grasps just how memeable she is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is rare to have players go in on other players yeah. in press. They're usually giving you pretty politically correct responses about their colleagues because for the most part even if they dislike each other it's like well I'm not going to call her out in public because it's not even that serious Mm -hmm. but she was clearly vexed about what happened I will say this about Sloane she struggled on court today didn't look good but she seems to be in a place where she's not about to deal with not saying her mind She's not about the bullshit anymore oh, when no. it comes to answering questions. Like, she cussed a little bit in All Access Hour. Mm-hmm. She was like, I, I'm not going to say that. I'm not, she's like, well, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not the first time, but you could tell, like, she was very half-acidly trying to hold herself back. What else? So I'll tell you briefly what's going on on the woman's side. So in the quarterfinals, we have Ash Barty. She's going to play Maria Sakari first up tomorrow. Wow. Like... Wow! Sak- what, what a, a moment. moment! What a moment! <laughs> <laughs> that okay. So Maria match... Sakari against Arena Sabalenka on court ten. Court ten was the place to be today. Yeah. So that was the first match on court ten, which was actually not outrageous uh, scheduling. No. Like it wasn't a terrible assignment. Arena no. is number nine in the world. Uh, neither of them are like huge superstars, but it, it's a cool, intimate, sunken court to watch them on. It was a perfect spot for that match. Yeah. I will. I mean, I think pretty much the Naomi Osaka scheduling on court 10, that was the only real shocker. Yes. And 
Well, well, we'll get into that. But coupled with two unseated men on center court to open, Schwartzman and Gasquet, which was absolutely perplexing, that was, that was kind of insulting to Naomi, who is again world number one. She's seated two here. She's a superstar. She holds two major titles currently. And to put her on the fourth largest court that wasn't even televised for most of it, that's wild. Didn't have it Hawkeye. Is, it is disrespectful. Anyway, back to the match. Mm-hmm. You're getting tangential. Yeah. So it was. I, I tweeted about it and I said, you know, this really felt like it was an audition for a reboot of Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> like, you, you have these two women who look like gladiators on the tennis court. They're dressed identically, save for Maria wearing two wristbands and Sabalenka wearing a headband. Mm-hmm. Like, they had the exact same kit, same shoes, same racket. The yeah. exact same racket with the same cool design and... As someone pointed out to us, the same dampener on their record. <laughs> <laughs> Those Nike leopard print shoes are so cool. Well, a you, lot, you want a, pair? a ton of the players are wearing those. But those two really bring a lot out of each other. Sakari and Sabalenka, they play such a different game, but they're, so, they're both so fierce on court. They're both so intense. And I was talking with another reporter today about how it's not... Like, it's not even fierce at each other. It's like the intensity is high, but there's so there's so much goodwill mm. from both players that it's just cool to see. Like It's, it's parallel fierce. Yeah. Sabalenka took a, a really hard tumble at the end of the third set, and Sakari was almost over there to, like, help her up off the ground yeah, in yeah. a flash. Right. It was bad enough that the umpire had to get down out of the, get down out of the chair to check on her. And, yeah, and she got treatment on the ankle. I mean, she continued playing, and it looked like, well, hell, she could still win this, so Maria should really, mm-hmm. you know, make sure she's got this covered. And when it was all said and done, they had just the most lovely hug at net. Mm. So that was a brilliant way to start the day. We've got that first matchup tomorrow, Barty and Sakari. Pliskova is going to play Kuznetsova in the other quarterfinal in the top half. One of those four women is going to make the final. Mm-hmm. One of Barty, Sakari, Pliskova, or Kuznetsova will be in the final. As for Kuznetsova, right now with her win today, she's up to, to number 111 provisionally. If she wins tomorrow, she'll be back up to number 82. She was coming from like 170-something Yeah, at this and, before Toronto. Yeah, and now she's got a U.S. Open wild card, and you know, looking at her form, you have to think, well, she could really hurt some people in this draw. Mm-hmm. And uh, for somebody like Tishkova, who still, although she moves better than you would expect, moves nowhere near as well as Kuznetsova. Right. I mean, it's wild to think just how fit Sveta looks right now. Mm-hmm. And we've taken quite a few pictures of her, and it really puts into full relief just how flexible she is. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's wild uh, that she's still able to do this and look that good at 33 after being away for so long as well it's it's not it's not easy mm-hmm. on the bottom half of the draw Venus Williams is gonna play the winner of Madison Keys or Simona Halep on her way to the card to record Madison was up 3-1 in the third set okay so we'll see uh, personally I would like to see a Venus Madison encounter I've had enough of Venus losing to Simona Halep <laughs> recently <laughs> yeah I think that's a better matchup for Venus and uh, it's more fun. We're in American soil. It'd be two hometown girls, hometown women, excuse me. Well, uh, not hometown, but you know. As in, like, home yeah. country. Mm-hmm. 
and Venus will get her wish because she was not pleased and pressed today that her last two matches were squarely in the sweltering heat. Mm. She got the one o'clock slot on both Tuesday and Thursday and you know you normally have to pry things out of Venus. She volunteered this yeah. today saying that she was not, she was not about that one o'clock life and that she hoped at least tomorrow she'd get third on on center court. Mm. Tonight we have uh, Svitolina Kennan playing in the second match on center. And then the winner of that will play Naomi Osaka. We got the fourth meeting of Xie and Osaka today, again on court 10. Yeah. Went three sets, despite Naomi having 15 aces and zero double faults. <laughs> <laughs> she had such great rhythm on her serve, was still broken four times, and the two just love... Oh, well, I don't know if they love it, but they bring something oh, I don't real think, good out I don't of each other. I think they love it. Uh, Naomi... Actually said, you know, she was really frustrated in their match in Stuttgart, and you could tell, everybody could tell, mm-hmm. that playing Xie is very frustrating because she interrupts her rhythm so much. She mentioned in press that the one thing that is predictable is returning Xie's serve. Mm-hmm. That's like one inroad that Naomi can make. But she said she was really concentrating on taking it all in stride, just being in a little more good humor. I really think Xie enjoys it. Oh, oh yes, I do. <laughs> she, she Naomi loves it. does not, but no. I think Suwei does enjoy it. But the the work product is something that is typically very enjoyable for viewers. And for those who are able to get in and out of Court 10 today to watch it, they were treated to something that they may not have been able to experience otherwise. Yeah. So that was a silver lining, to be able to see the world number one up close on such an intimate court, mm-hmm. playing someone as dynamic and exciting as Shea, who a lot of people probably have never heard of. Yeah. And Roger Federer's match was going on at the same time, so it was actually, for a lot of Naomi's match, easy to get in. Yeah. And then, of course, Federer got blitzed. Right. Which was bad effect, news, so people because, rushed yeah. to Naomi. So some people went to go see Sloan, but then she got blitzed. And then... <laughs> That third set of Naomi and Shea was a hot ticket. Yeah. So that bottom half, Venus Williams versus Madison Keys, and then either of Svitolina Kennan versus Osaka. So I think the, the women's draw is still in good shape, mm-hmm. despite all the, uh, the losses. Yeah. It's the men's draw that is in a little bit of disarray right now. Mm-hmm. Novak Djokovic, of course, is still surviving. Uh, he beat Carreño Busta today. Roger Federer lost to Rublev. Um, Djokovic will face Luka Pui. And we saw Luka's coach, Emily Moresmo, heading into center court this afternoon to watch Djokovic to scout. Yeah, she was she was on her way into center court, and then somebody ta- like stopped her and was like, can I please get your autograph? And it wasn't even for him. It was for the woman that he was with. And so she comes over with this big ball, but then she doesn't have a pen. You think the girl could find a marker? Right. And she says, hold on, hold on, hold on. And she goes a ways away, is right, you know, trying to sift through this big bag to find a pen. And eventually, like a minute later, after Amelie is just waiting patiently, mm. she gets the pen to sign the thing. Amelie is, is very sweet because I would have been like, girl, I have to go in. Goodbye. Still left in the men's draw. Well, the top half is where there's still, well, you can't even say that. It's really only Djokovic left. Yeah, yeah. That's well, Djokovic and Medvedev. So Medvedev has, has won so many matches over the past three weeks. He blitzed Jan Leonard Struff today. 
and he will face Andrei Rublev. So they're both kind of on a roll. I am wondering when Medvedev is going to like show signs of exhaustion. I mean, he did against Rafa in mm-hmm. uh, Montreal, but he's back. I guess it, you know he's young. So Djokovic gets the winner of well, he get Djokovic gets Puy, and then Rublev plays Medvedev. So if you were to go on form, we should expect Djokovic, Medvedev in the semifinal mm-hmm. from the top half. On the bottom half, everybody is gone essentially. Leaving yeah. Roberta Bautista Agut as, like, the most likely person out of that as, half. Well, the top seed out of that half. We talked about this yesterday in our um, Body Serve Diary, that, like, about the upsets, these next-gen upsets, aside from Rublev, of course. But Tsitsipas lost to Jan Leonard Struff in three sets. Alexander Zverev, you may be surprised to find out, has never won a match in Cincinnati. No. He hit... 20 double faults yesterday against uh, Kecimanovich. If you recall, a couple of years ago it was Francis Tiafoe's coming out party when yeah. he beats Zverev on center court. Zverev, it didn't sting as much because Zverev was on a roll having won Montreal and Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. and coming into Cincinnati as like the hottest player on tour, but who like could have used a little break before yeah. the U.S. Open, right? He was right? clearly tired that, that time. Yeah, so this is a, a different Zverev, I think, and somebody who has been a little bit passed over by Steph Tsitsipas as, like, the flavor of the week, and obviously still incredibly talented, but is in a kind of a dry stretch at the moment. He's also going through some real issues with his game. Right. Like, it's not just off-court stuff. No. It is It is tennis stuff, too. The 20 double falls, alarming. It's not just this match. He's been having a lot of trouble on yeah. recently. Yeah. To finish off this men's bottom half, Bautista go plays Gasquet in the quarterfinals. And then Nishioka, remember his name, he beat Nishikori in the in Nishikori's first match in the second round. Yeah. And then today he beat Alex Diemenauer. So he's he's in the quarterfinals, his first Masters one thousand quarterfinals, mm. having a run and enjoying every moment of it. He's gonna play Debbie Goffin in the quarterfinals. Yeah, so I'm looking for an RBA final that's a smart money i think he is just so ridiculously steady and reliable and really just ground down francis tfo last night Mm -hmm. francis managed to snatch that second set got his clothes changed came back and lost really fast in the third set as far as the most entertaining final left if you're a djokovic fan you may not agree with this but i think the best case scenario here is a djokovic Bautista a good final. Yes. It's just the matchup. Other stuff that happened since okay. our last episode. Well, we we referenced the court assignments. Do we want to go over that again? No. I okay. think it's been it's been done. Yeah. Venus, some of her quotable moments in press. So she's on the WTA Players Council, which mm-hmm. you almost never hear about. I couldn't name you the, the other members of the Players Council. She was asked about the ATP Council and, you know... As Basically, a segue to what's going on on the WTA side. It was a segue yeah. into talking about the WTA. And she was not having it. She's like, I don't know anything about the ATP. And then, then they were like, no, but we're asking about WTA. She's like, oh, I'm up for re-election. <laughs> no, but she was like, good luck to them. I do not know what's going on with the ATP. <laughs> so, wishing them luck. <laughs> she also said, with respect to that same question about 
leading into the good luck to them bit. She's like, I have two businesses. I am a professional tennis player. I have this. I have that. Essentially, anybody got time for that. Right. And she doesn't have a campaign platform, in case you were wondering. This isn't like election. The Reese Witherspoon classic. She says players vote for her because they respect her. And if they decide they don't believe in her as their representative, then they won't vote for her. It's that simple. Things are honestly often that simple for Venus. Do you want to talk about the Nick Kyrgios stuff? Yeah, let's do this really quickly because it's been getting too much airtime, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, a funny thing is my mom and my aunt were at the match last night. Uh, Nick's match against Hachanov, which was the controversial one. And they were really disgusted by his behavior and didn't get why people found it charismatic. They just found it like, wow, he's behaving like a toddler and I don't get it. Like, a lot of people in the stadium are kind of rooting him on and are really enjoying the petulance. But they were like, I don't understand why he was mad. And and myself watching the match, I don't get it. You know, he had a complete and utter collapse, a mental collapse, for nothing. He just invents things to be angry about. And so it turned out, well, okay, he got a time violation, so this is what's going to basically justify my meltdown. Because the meltdown was cooking already. You know, but I'm going to fixate on this one time violation and just completely lose it. So, I don't care. Like, find him, do whatever, suspend him, I don't care what you do. Stop using him for money. Mm-hmm. He generates money. The ATP needs, well, wants the money. And that's it. Like, it, it is literally that simple. It's not just them. It's TV. Right. And people lump in press. It's like, oh, the press needs to stop doing this. Let's be clear here. There is no Kyrgios without TV. Yeah. I mean, sure, some of the press salivate over this, but yeah. the mandate of like broadcasting versus journalists is quite different. The fact that you were able to get coverage of him going into the tunnel and smashing the rackets, yeah. they went looking for something. Right, right. And so he's fined $113,000. And we have been of the opinion that we're just going to not give him the time of day anymore when it comes to the antics and the theatrics, right? Yes, because bad behavior from men or boys is... It's, like, so interesting to people. And it's something that can always be justified. People love this shit. No, because the more we celebrate it, the more the cycle of fucker is able to be perpetuated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The more we can keep that wheel spinning. Uh, Because there's nothing, nothing in this life more rampant than male privilege. (laughs) <laughs> literally it drives yeah. so many other ills yeah in this world and i'm also not about the moralizing part of it when we take that if we want to say well you know we're anti this whole boys will be boys you know excusing men's bad behavior stuff Abso- absolutely but then we go and parlay that into this whole business of what's good or bad for the sport yeah, I don't care about that. No. No. I'll, I will say that spitting in someone's general direction is vile It's behavior. trash. That, that's the one trash. thing. Trash. That's really the only thing about last night that actually got me mad, you know? It, it was uh, trash behavior. Yeah. One of the things that cut through the noise, whenever Kyrgios is in one of his fits, right, 
there's a whole tornado of fucker with the discourse. Mm. One of the things that cut through all that last night was a lot of folks saying, well, you know, well, damn, it's actually unfair to the opponent. Yeah, that, that's what is often lost. And Karen Hachinov handled it with utmost grace. Mm-hmm. He barely even seemed bothered by the whole spectacle. But it is only that. It is only spectacle. I was thinking today, like, there are literally dozens of people on court and around the court who are at work. They're trying to do their job. That is that is all they're doing. And or, this one person isn't letting them do it. And Fergus Murphy as well. Like, he... I mean, he knew he was going to a, a Nick Kyrgios match to yeah. umpire it. But you can't bargain for that at your place of work. <laughs> it's madness. Yeah. I, uh... I did have to laugh, and I think we should move on after this. When I saw the list of fines, I think there were there were nine or ten different offenses, five unsportsmanlike conducts, and I'm thinking like that is like two and a half defaults. <laughs> I have to wonder how how the default didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Again, it puts into relief just how much leeway and discretion umpires have yeah. at their disposal. Yeah. And we're not going to go there, but I know what you all are thinking and you are not wrong. No, but that's why I brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> because the whole point, one of the missions of 2019 is not to bring up New York. I thought Hot Girl Summer was the mission of 2019. <sighs> you are being obstinate. That too, right? Oh my god. The, but the point is... Well, well, oh. that noise you just heard was Madison Keys beating Simona Hawk right, 75 girl. in the third set. So tomorrow night, 7 p.m., book it, Venus Williams versus Madison Keys. And you're going to hear hear them roar like Katy Perry <laughs> on the grandstand right now. <laughs> but yeah, my point is, like we see time and time again this year in big matches, in small matches, every week somebody is given the benefit of discretion. Yeah. Just yeah. last week in Toronto in uh, qualifying, tell this story really quickly. I think I already told the story. On the last episode? Yeah. Didn't I? I don't know. Anyway, Sasha Vickery, you know, had a few lapses and she bounced her racket on the court a few times. And it did escalate to, uh, like, smashing a ball against the backstop. And she kind of scared a few of the line umpires. And this was against Boskova, by the way, who went on to have that incredible run. And the umpire off mic said, Sasha, listen, like, you got to stop this or I'm going to have to give you a code. And it was like, it's really, it's that simple sometimes, right? What Sasha did probably deserved a code, honestly. Like, she could have hit one of the, one of the workers. But the umpire, using discretion, said, listen, this has got to stop. And then that was that. It didn't happen again. Okay, so let's finish up. We've got that Svetlana Kuznetsova interview that we're going to end the episode with but we've also got some audio from Kamal Mori and it pertains to Sloane Stevens and his current partnership with Monica Pui. I asked him very intentionally without bringing up Sloane Stevens and he just brought her up anyway. I said how did you and Monica come to be and then he said "Uh, well you know I was waiting on a call from Sloane didn't get it like a communication and he just went on and on and on about it and I let him talk last year you were here as part of the first ever coaching roundtable mm-hmm. and at that time you were with Sloan mm-hmm. now you're with Monica mm-hmm. uh, 
for a lot of fans, it's difficult to keep track of the different coaching changes. Can you maybe let folks know how your partnership with Monica came about? Um, so Sloan and I were on a break, and you know we just hadn't done a good job of communicating when the end of that break was, and so. <laughs> Care to say more? You know, then, <laughs> then you know, miscommunication on both sides, blah blah blah. Um, and opportunities come, and then you you know take opportunities, you know. But I think you know, everyone's learned, you know, that communication is key, right? And no one should be in between the player and the coach. And you know, everyone will be more clear moving forward. Specifically how the opportunity with Monica came about though. Oh, I just got a phone call from my mother saying, hey, we see you're not here, are you available? It's like, as of now, I'm available, you know? So <laughs> it wasn't like anything other than that, you know? It was like, hey, if you want to come to Chicago for a trial, it's a polar vortex, but feel free to come, you know, see how it works. And, you know, from there, it was a good week. She bought some boots and a winter coat. And <laughs> brave seemed, the cold. You know, brave the cold. And, um, you know, we just sort of decided to keep going. Are things good with you and Sloan? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, my, in a long relationship, you'll have like ups and downs, but like Sloan's and I's relationship is permanent. You know, it's, it's beyond tennis, it's beyond, you know, player coach, it's, you know, a genuine care for one another. So, no, Sloan and I are great. We're great. Mom, me and her mom are great. Everybody, we're all great. The agent, it was, it's not like bad blood, it's just miscommunication. Okay. You know what I mean? So, you know, she and I had a you know, great time in DC, giving each other jabs, you know what I mean? So it's all good. It's always been all good. Never never negative, never emotional. I mean like I think as it relates to emotion, you know, we are very clear that it doesn't help anything. So we just we're in a good place. And so the other bit of information from Kamal, you wanna set that up? Yeah. On this show you have been going hard about the depth of the WTA bench and saying that you know, anyone can win on any given day, and it's because of the incredible talent. And in many ways, I think that's true. But the way that you framed the question, Kamau actually uh, kind of objected to it. Yeah. So it was it was interesting to hear his perspective and asserting that, well, maybe those players don't have the right coaching, they don't have the right attitude. and Also that they're not willing to make themselves vulnerable enough to win consistently. Mm. That was interesting to me. Yeah. I still don't agree with him, but, you know, he's the professional. I'm just an idiot with a platform. Yeah. So before we tell you everything, here's Kamal. Maybe you can, maybe you can speak to it from when you first started working with Sloan to now. You said that it's part of the job of the coaches to motivate the players to be able to, like, get past those one wins and turn them into two. But mm -hmm. some would argue that it, the, the landscape of women's tennis now is so drastically different in terms of the parity and the depth. And just how difficult it is to to win two times in a month or even twice in a year, because yeah. like the players fifty to hundred, you never know who's coming. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's also the problem, right? I don't think that it's the players fifty to hundred like doing anything special. I think it's more the players that are one to twenty five are just sort of perhaps um, not having the right conversation, not being honest the day of a match about how they're feeling, um, and I think that. You know, this is the WTA, right? This is the women's tour. And so being an adult is about having proactive conversations. You know, if I have an issue with my 22 staff members, then I got to walk in and handle the issue. We just can't 
walk around mad at each other, right? Um, and so I think that all of them have these feelings and these thoughts, and I think the people who will develop some consistency are the ones that learn to be proactive in terms of communicating and to allow themselves to be very vulnerable, right? And I think that there are multiple matches that I can remember over the past five years, you know, with Taylor and Sloan, where the only reason we had success because the player got a little bit vulnerable the day of. Woke up and said, hey, I'm feeling this. You need to come talk to me, right? Or, uh, you know, whatever it is, yeah. right? Because sometimes, you know, as a coach, you don't want to poke the bear. You sort of are always on the fence, like, hmm, some of them seems right, right? And do I poke the bear or do I hope that they work it out? You know what I mean? And I'm here to tell you they don't work it out. And so <laughs> you, always, you always poke the bear, right? I mean, that's just the lesson that I've learned is to just poke the bear. You know, maybe not punch the bear, but you know, just do a little gentle poke, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, but I mean, honestly, if everyone's having feelings, wow. you know, the winning and the attention, and, you know, I think you want the attention, then when you get it, you're like, ooh, I don't think I want the attention, right? You know, I don't think I like people talking about me. Um, and so I think that's where, you know, players may win and then purposely disappear. We'll probably have some more coaching snippets on our Cincy Rap episode. But for now, we hope you enjoyed that bit from Kamal. We had him uh, with audio on the show last year. It's the second year that the WTA has organized this uh, coaches roundtable, which we found quite illuminating. So now on to Svetlana. The main event. Svetlana Kuznetsova, as you may know, it was the 2004 U.S. Open champion, 2009 Roland Garros champion. She went pro in 2000 when I was a freshman in high school. <laughs> she's been a pro for nearly 20 years. I think You're she's the same age. she's 34 years old now, right? Yes. And she her past few years have been wild, right? She had an injury, she's had surgery. She had well documented all these visa issues this year, couldn't go to the US. Just got her visas for Canada and the US barely a week ago. Played in Toronto, is here now. Um she said that that injury, that big injury, actually came at a good time for her because she kind of needed a break. Mm -hmm. It was like two weeks ago. She said that she got the visa on a Tuesday, traveled on the Wednesday to Canada, and played qualifying or got to whatever. The tournament was starting that mm -hmm. weekend. Yeah. You know, last year she won Washington, D.C. She was the winner there beating Donna Vekic, which really slipped my mind because she hasn't played that much over the past mm -hmm. year. But she is such a fan favorite. People love her Instagram. You'll hear her talk about her Instagram. You'll hear her talk about Dolce, her dog, her beloved dog. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, there would have been more in-depth stuff about the visa that we had planned. But the one-on-one -on -one came after her press conference. And some folks had already asked her about She talked that. a lot about it. So yeah. you'll, you'll see those quotes. And we will eventually share them as well. But we don't want to step on other reporters' toes yeah. right now. But... There's a lot of information. She has really been frank about the whole process and wasn't afraid of angering the United States by publicizing what she was going through, which I yeah. thought was very interesting because yeah. she said she was warned, listen, don't go public and say you don't have a visa because they could just say, well, we're not going to give you one at all. I mean, by friends. I yes. mean, like, co-workers. Yes. It wasn't like... But I would have been scared. It wasn't like somebody knocked on her door and said, listen, slut. No, no. But if she... Well, that's a good point. Sorry, I didn't want to make it seem yeah. like, you know... 
she said her her application was under review for so long. That's what they were telling her. I mean, I would have been scared to say anything if my application was still under review. Yeah. So here's Fetlana in her own words. You know, a lot of fans are really excited to have you back. You're a favorite on Twitter, which you probably know. Um, these past few matches have been really grueling in the heat, except for Sloan's today was a little bit shorter. Uh, how are you feeling? Thank God, at least I have right? a shorter match. All my, all my friends are like, finally, I don't bite my nails in your match. So, How are you feeling physically, just being back I here? I feel great. Of course, after first matches, my body is really sore, but also, I, as I've experienced that already, I know in one, two, three matches, I'll be alright, so I feel mm -hmm. good. Is that one of maybe the silver linings of having had this time off that you're able to train and train and train so that when you did come back, you didn't have to worry no, about that? No, I haven't been able to train a lot as I wish because I was injured, first of all, and second of that you never can train enough to be ready when you play. When you play matches, okay. it's different condition. Mm -hmm. How was it facing someone like Yastremska, who was so young, who had so powerfully I know you've played so many power hitters over your career, but what was that feeling just coming back on court? No, I mean, it was great. You know, I knew I had to defend a lot to bring as many balls. It's nothing new. I've played lots of mm -hmm. hitters, so it was just hanging there and playing my best. With the visa thing, I know you talked about it in press a little yes. bit just now. Well, what were your thoughts when you saw that tweet? for the first time from the ambassador from the U.S. Embassy in Russia? Well, I could understand that probably my my post on Instagram made an effect probably or mm. whatever happened, I couldn't know. And uh, probably I'm getting visa soon, but I am not believing until I got it. Mm -hmm. Were you packed and ready to go or just had to scramble no, last minute? Uh, I mean, I pack in one hour, you know, oh, after <laughs> that's so it? many years. So yes, and uh, on Tuesday I found out that I got both passports because I was waiting for Canadian visa as well. Got both passports and ready to go. Do you know why they didn't contact you directly? Like they did so through. As she said, she she said they were trying, but I had looked as it was a mess with my post. I've been, I had million missed calls, and I'm not mm -hmm. taking numbers which I don't recognize because many different calls uh, are right. going through so of course and, and they probably call me in my old number because new number I was taking every call so it was weird mm -hmm. I cannot say they called I cannot say they don't I don't know right so have, have you ever had you haven't had these problems before but do you know other players who have had visa problems recently or Not really. no. you said uh, this tournament and I guess in Toronto as well that you're trying to enjoy these moments now the uncertainty of what you've been through, you know, the wins you're going to enjoy them as much as you can. Do you think at your stage of your career, if you had been playing nonstop without injuries the last year, that you'd still have the same outlook? Uh, look, I believe that my injury came in the moments where I needed the most to rest. Sometimes you're so professional, you have to be hard worker, but you're not thinking that sometimes you need a break. It's impossible to live this life 20 years fully. Mm -hmm. And of course you need breaks and how it would be could be maybe mm. i don't know do you have any do you have kind of a like a tennis bucket list like any accomplishments that you really really want to achieve no, before you're done never, i never had yeah i never had just one so take it week by whatever week whatever it comes because i don't want to be disappointed if i didn't do something mm. you said in toronto as well that there was a lot of stuff that you're going through personally professionally coach stuff visa stuff that it was all a little bit overwhelming how are you feeling now that you're back happy. to playing tennis? I feel 
great because sometimes even I was back on the court I was not uh, I was not there fully now I'm fully happy and this what makes me play better for sure can you tell us a little bit about the kit that you're wearing uh, it's getting a lot of positive reviews on Twitter yeah. that we've been seeing and uh, does the black bother you in the sun at all? Yes, uh, I played today in green. <laughs> but you also switched after was, the second set yesterday. Yes, because it was so hot and mm. black one was bringing me better luck. So I thought <laughs> I, I wear back, but black, but then during the match I said I'm like suiciding right now. <laughs> Playing on this heat in the black. That's it. It's your own design? Your own I used to have, uh, I yes, used to have, uh, it's Chinese brand, I used to have a contract with them, so far as I'm just coming back and in the middle of the season it's really difficult to find the brand sponsor, mm. so I'm not having a sponsor at the moment, and uh, this is was last year's kit, and I didn't play in it, so now I thought, I tie it up a little bit because it was slightly large to me, and now it's perfect. You're happy with it? Yeah, I'm really happy, but I gotta switch it soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, any updates on your beautiful dog, Dolce? He's with my mom in St. Petersburg. Yeah. He's great. He's doing okay? He has sore ass. <laughs> <laughs> my mom just texted me about, what should I do? How do I put this and that? It's nice. I'm really uh, happy because he's with my mom. I know no one uh, else is going to take better care of yeah. him than my mom. So is he normally nice. with your mom when you're away? Uh, sometimes he was in other family of my friends, but they got another dog, which they don't go along yeah. very well. And now probably yes, I'll see. He's able to travel to some tournaments, but not mo not all, right? Uh, he's uh, he's able. Like I have all the documents. He's emotional support animal, but he's so afraid. So he oh. hates flying, and I cannot I cannot do it to him. Last question: Your social media, your Instagram in particular. Yeah. How much time do you spend curating it, keeping it at such a high level? I had people taking care of it, I was taking care of it, but now I just wanted to focus on the game because it's not worth my time. Mm -hmm. My time I rather spend on focusing on my game and my things, what, what has a value for me. Instagram, okay, it's nice pictures, it's, I can send good messages to the people, set mm -hmm. a good example for kids. That's it, I'm not get, getting much from it, so I can get much from the from uh, my tennis mind. Are you aware though that you're known for your Instagram? Ah, uh, yes. That it's like one of the most watches on the WTA Tour? Oh, that's cool. That's <laughs> nice. I'm trying hard though. I'm trying to do these pictures, the photo shoots. It takes time though. Yeah. Do you yeah. enjoy it though? Getting all Not dressed really. up? Not at all? No. Once a while, yes. But mm. once when I do was taking care of my PR in Moscow. It's so annoying. And plus, it's no impact. Like in tennis, you work and then you win. And mm. here, what you win? You're just getting more famous. So what? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not up to more. You're past that in your stage of your life. I'm on, I have enough. I have enough. I'm just into private companies, having good time with my friends, and working myself on the tennis court. So purely. Thanks for taking the time. Good luck. Thank you, and guys. Take care. So much. You so much. Take care. Thanks to Svetlana for coming on the show. I hope you liked hearing from her and hearing about Dolce. And his sore ass. <laughs> that, was, that was actually more than I expected to hear I about Dolce. Right? What a sweet dog, though. Oh, my God. Anyway, we don't want to overstay our welcome. Thank you for listening. Thanks for keeping up with us while we're in Cincinnati on Instagram. I feel like we've turned up the volume on the stories. Yes. I th I'm trying to get better at this stuff. 
at the body serve on Instagram, at the body serve on Twitter. Our Twitter is where we've been tweeting from mainly, almost exclusively, this week. Yes, and it's mostly me. Um, Not necessarily. Well, the really funny stuff and the really mean stuff yeah. is all me okay. on the body serve Twitter. Okay, sure. <laughs> Just sit there. I'm to sure. Your show. I'm sure you're sitting there like, well, none of it's been funny. So what is that thing from Titus? Keep going, girl. Do your Do show. Your show. My name's Jonathan. You can find me on Twitter at Tennis underscore John. I'm James. I'm at Elliot JMR. Two L's, two T's. Thanks for listening. Till next time. I do not know what's going on in these. <laughs> so, wishing them luck.